35, 36, okay. So here we go. Welcome back to my Camino on a treadmill. This is my day 37, following BK Lee on his day eight. Somewhere between Navarrete and Nájera, both of which I am probably pronouncing wrong. As you know by now, I'm retracing my Camino steps on my treadmill. Here comes a bicycle with a bell. Well done. I normally shout, get a bell to them, but this person has a bell. Congratulations. Actually, I passed them yesterday because I've just retraced my steps a little. Okay. Anyway, we're off. And uh, I have, oh, I need to hold my phone count my steps. Okay. I have absolutely nothing planned today. I'm not even going to look at my notes because um, I know that it's just the same stuff. I've covered everything on them. So basically I'm running on empty and I'm only about, what, a fifth of my way through. So uh, yeah, interesting times ahead for my core listeners. Uh, I got over a million listeners, that's all I'm saying. I'm not giving the exact figures. Apparently it's competition. A lot of people are setting up their sort of treadmill style podcasts. Apparently I've hit upon something. So uh, a lot of sponsors on my case, but I don't morally approve of them. So, But I'm accepting donations from my fans. And as I said, the house in Malibu is looking good. The house in Hampstead, London, is also looking good. And uh, looking at a few places in New York, um, Manhattan. So that's all I'll say about that at the moment. So, I mean, by the time I get to the end of this, I could be on the world's rich list. I could be up there with Bill Gates and... Uh, Jeff Bezos, all those nice people. He said, semi-sarcastically, I was reading, oh, it's people talking here. What are they saying? Whatever are they saying? It's lovely and sunny in Spain. It's sunny here in Galway, Ireland. It's a Saturday afternoon. I should have started this earlier. I should, I should have more writing done today. There you go. It's sunny, but it was cold out earlier this morning, so. Hello, Buen Camino. Ah, look at the cyclists, he has to, they have to, there's a couple of them, they have to uh, drag their bikes, they're off the bikes, dragging them up the hill, blocking our way, get out of the way. Bloody cyclists. This is the woman who had a bell, I'll give her that, but still, please. Okay, we got it, we, we're overtaking, we're overtaking good. They're going to come flying down the hill on the other side, causing, wreaking havoc in their, in their wake. And we're overtaking another cyclist. Come on. She's moving. She's giving us some, I don't know. She's, it's, it's hard to overtake her. She's on the smooth path. We would have to walk in the steps to overtake her. I'll uh, bump up the speed here. That should help. Yeah, that's helping. So anyway, nothing to talk about. I had something loose planned. And we're overtaking, we're overtaking. Pole position. BK Lee in pole position here. So exciting. It's about as exciting as Formula One, which to me doesn't look exciting at all on TV anyway. I'm sure if you're inside the car, it'll be a different story. Um, ah, Ayrton Senna. That's all I know about Formula One from that great documentary, Senna. And the time there was something wrong with the car and he couldn't change gears or something. And the vineyard's on a right here, by the way, you'd be glad to know. Buen Camino, I can't even see who he's talking to. I'm walking here. So anyway, vineyard's to a right. And uh, where was I? Ayrton Senna at... Was it stuck in the top gear or something? Whatever about that, that his body was wrecked by the end of it. I can't even understand that, but I guess in Formula One, 
you're far more... Oh, he's turning around. So see the cyclists coming towards him. Get a bell. I think they have one in fairness. And he, um, the cyclist put me off as usual. Just move my mic there. Um, yeah, I don't understand that how your arms can be so sore, but as I said, in Formula One, you're so connected to the engine, I guess. And there's so little between you and the engine. And everything is pared down. I certainly don't feel that when I drive my Prius. <laughs> and uh, amazing documentary. And there was a whole kind of subtext to the documentary about his faith. He really had strong faith. And he believed it all came from God, all his talent. Which, he's not the first person to believe that. Um, what was I going to... So I talked about the she being in Belfast yesterday and I've met came across another um, Irish actor oh look at the trees blowing mad here wow there goes another cyclist without a bell get a bell ding ding yeah it seemed I didn't realise it was windy until that tree was like something out of the bible or something to my fevered imagination if it was on fire, that would have been more biblical, in fairness. Yeah, definitely. The tree went on fire, and God spoke to Moses through a burning tree. I have some feeling, there's, is there something similar to that in the New Testament as well? Some of the stories repeat themselves. The scholars tell me. So, I hear more wind. Another tree rustling here to our left. Yeah. I walked through this area with Mark from New Zealand. And uh, I think it was on this day I got the call that my friend Mike, that his brother had passed away. God rest his soul, John. So. 4.4, I'll go up to 4.6, let's go crazy. I had been considering trying to do these podcasts as a live thing if I could get on Bandcamp, but it's only on Apple soft hardware at the moment. But I realized, no, I'd, it's crazy because I'd have to do all this. I'd have to do live noise reduction and also then I'd be tied to a schedule and it, the whole thing would feel different. So my millions of listeners just have to download it and listen after I do a bit of work on it. But it is, it's pretty much unedited. Really, it's just top and tail and fix the sound. So there you go. You're getting pure, unadulterated me. And yes, I really am this boring in real life. Or interesting, depending on your outlook. Hey, you got to hand it to me. At least I can keep talking. I mean... You know the stereotype of the silent men, silent Irish men. I'm not one of them, mind you. They seem to be a bigger hit with the ladies and the likes of me. No, not always. I'm just, actually, I'm just a man of exquisite taste. I'm fussy. That's my story. I'm sticking with it. I know I was joking the other day about a dating site called Sloppy Seconds. I'd sign up for it where people are just looking for, instead of the one, they're just looking for, you're ready to settle, you've given up. But no, I, I wouldn't. I have enough trouble fighting off suitors on. Well, I quit Bumble now. I'm off Tinder and Bumble now. I just got inundated with female suitors and it was too much. It was overwhelming and a little risky. I, th I thought, I know this Hi. is getting out of hand. Hey. Yeah. They're speaking Korean. No, not translating. Yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's all good though, all good. Yeah, yeah. So, saying, isn't this great? What a great time we're having. So, one of them saying, no, I'm sick of it. I've had enough, I quit. Because, no, no, don't quit. Keep going.
Keep going, my friend. <laughs> okay, well, I'm moving on. So, there we go. And he's off. Gotta love BK, he's a man on a mission. I got an itchy leg now, which is not a good thing on a treadmill. Not easy to navigate whilst podcasting. So, I do think in years to come, I'll be discovered as the lost, forgotten genius of Irish podcasting history, of world podcasting history, the forerunner of the craze for um, treadmill podcasting. My cat's at the door looking to get out. Well, tough look, Bobby. You got a cat flap. There's a cat flap in the other room, but involves him climbing up on the washing machine to get to the window to get out, leaving his muddy paw prints all over my washing machine. Nice. But he's so lazy and also regal. You know, cats have that thing like they act like royalty. They just, sometimes he wakes me up to let him out at five in the morning. Crazy, right? In fairness, he hasn't done that in a while. When that happens, I keep them downstairs for a while until they learn manners. Bessie, my little one, is very well behaved though. It's just Bobby's a brat. I know what you're thinking, he's a boy, right? Typical. No comment. All the, the animations I work on now, the, the boys are always idiots and the girls are smart. So that's, that's the way we're going these days. And uh, no comment. So the wind is blowing through the trees. It reminds me of that Abbas Kiristami film. Buen Camino. Buen Camino. These guys aren't talking at all. Okay, now slow down and uh, scratch my leg. There we go. Much easier to do at two kilometers an hour. And we're going back up to four. Uh, Abbas Kiristami, Iranian film director. Was it something about through the olive trees or... No, I don't know. There was... Oh, I can't remember the names. There was one film with wind blowing through the leaves, so... He passed away not that long ago. I think the family was suing the doctor, the surgeon, there may have been some mistake made. That's a shame. Um, I've only seen it. I worked on a documentary about his films, but I've only seen like two fully that I can remember. Close up, recommend that. And what's the one about the cherry blossoms or the cherry trees? About a guy deciding to end his life. And there was another about a director visiting the area where the earthquake happened in Iran some years, not that long, I mean, about 20 years ago or something. Um, oh, we're going under a tunnel, under a tunnel. Graffiti and light at the end of the tunnel. And we've made it out the other end, okay. So we're out of the tunnel. And another pilgrim ahead, let's hope we can overtake. Let's go up to 4.6, see if that helps. So, uh, Kurastami. Yeah, interesting. Close Up was based on a true court case about a man, an Iranian man, who pretended to be another Iranian filmmaker. Was it Makmal Baf or one of these guys? So this guy pretended, impersonated the film director and stayed with his family, telling them he was a film director. Did he try and make a film about them? I'm not sure, but, but then he was up in court. But then in court, I think, see, it blurred the lines between documentary and drama as Kurastami does. Oh, my phone is... Um, there's an alarm going off in my phone. Hold on a second. Okay. Um, I didn't hear it because I had my noise cancelling headphones on. Little humble brag there, my fancy Sony noise cancelling headphones. Oh, they're great, really, but then you can't hear your phone, you know? 
Oh, yes. I spent a shocking amount of money on them. Shocking amount of money. Oh, yes. Gold-plated. Oh, of course, yes. Mm. Anyway. No, they're not gold-plated. They are good, though. Sony WH, whatever. They're the ones, the over-ear ones that got lots of good reviews. I haven't really come across in-ear ones that get, you know, get full thumbs up, but what can you expect? Okay, I'm not going to turn into a bore talking about technology, unless I glean loads of listeners from that. I know the listeners want me for my deep philosophical um, uh, rantings and my, my, my rapier wit. So, got to give them what they want to keep them happy. So, uh, put the fan on low there. Um, So where was I? I feel like falling asleep now. I'm on the treadmill holding the handles with my eyes closed. It's a lovely feeling. If I didn't have to talk, I'd be in heaven, I think. Because I don't have to talk, but... I mean, I feel obliged to. So we were talking about that old close-up by Abbas Kuristami. So, in my memory, they, they filmed the actual court case of the guy who impersonated this filmmaker. They filmed the court case. But then they also filmed him with the family with whom he had lived and impersonated the filmmaker. And that was done after the fact. So that was like a sort of dramatic reconstruction, you could say, which <laughs> undersells it a bit. But And then the other bit, the court case, was actual documentary. Um, it's interesting, yeah. Oh, my favourite films at the moment, I'm re-watching Decalogue by... Um, I was going to say Abbas Karistami, by yeah, Polish director Krzysztof Kieślowski, who died, God, some years ago now. These were made 88, 89, based 10 films, uh, each one based loosely on Camino, on, a ten, on one of the Ten Commandments. And I uh, haven't... I don't think I saw them all before, but I've seen the first one, and is it the sixth and seventh Ola before? Two of them were famous. They were re-released as a short film about killing and a short film about love. And then there's, but the first one is my favourite. It's beautiful. I shared it with my friend Kieran from work there. Kieran Doreen. Not, don't normally get into surnames. Oh, look at the tree in the wind. Oh my god. So, I think we're sheltered from the wind down here. We're in a sort of, not quite a valley, but we're in a dip. And then the trees that are high are catching it. And it does feel kind of biblical to me, or like that Kuristami film. But, um, where was I? So I showed, um, yeah, Kiron. I, I'm given the surname because there's three Kirons at work, isn't there? There used to be four. Imagine that. I'm the only James. <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. I think there's only enough room for one of me in there anyway. You can take that as a positive or a negative. Let's have some water here. Kieran really liked the um, Decalogue film. I think I would like maybe next year to do a podcast on the Decalogue films. Okay, Buen Camino, get a bike, get a bell. I nearly said get a bike. They just come flying by without ringing a bell. Some of them come shouting. Macho Italian cyclists flying down hills. I've, I've nothing against uh, macho Italian cyclists. Some of my best friends are macho Italian cyclists. But still, get a bell, compadre, which I know is not an Italian word. Uh, amigo, that's Spanish, isn't it? Me, oh, I don't know. I know some rude things in Italian. No, I'm not going to say them. No, I'm really not going to. Well, I learned a rude phrase, but I was in sort of, uh, not Napoli, but the, um, the, anyone, anyone, um, oh, 
not the Riviera, but, but the uh, Amalfi Coast. Uh huh. So, uh, Amalfi Coast. And I think the phrase I learned was uh, peculiar to that area. I had a student from Rome, Samuel McFadden. I'm doing surnames now, I don't care anymore. Samuel was like half half um, Italian, half Irish-American, McFadden, right? It's a giveaway. And his grandfather was a director in Hollywood who discovered um, Shirley Temple. I nearly said Shirley Valentine. That's, that's a great film, actually, with Pauline Collins. But anyway, so his grandfather discovered Shirley Temple. And he ended up in the film school I was lecturing in. He was one of my favorites. He had so much passion. But God, he couldn't keep quiet. Just couldn't, you know. If he was in another room talking to someone, you'd hear him a mile away in the middle of class. So, the Italians are like that, right there. They speak loudly. Sometimes, I remember once I was in, a, somewhere in Italy, in a square outside a museum, there was an Italian guy, I think a teacher with a load of school kids, and he was shouting at them. And I was looking over and I was going, I was going, he, uh, he's really, he's angry with them, you know, he's shouting at them. And then a minute later, we go, no, no, he's just explaining something to them in a nice way. And then a minute later, no, he's shouting. I couldn't decide. I mean, he was shouting the whole time, but the question was, was he angry or just explaining? Uh, if I understood Italian, I would have had a better shot. The few rude words I know in Italian were of no use to me. Well, if I had heard them, then I would have had an idea that he was mad. So, I don't know. Like, Italian for dick, I think it's cazzo. It's, is it cazzo or gazzo? I think it's cazzo. And the guy in the Malfi area was saying to me, see, I think... Uh, yeah, my friend, it, it doesn't really make sense. He was saying the insult was, tu sei me cazzo mia, which translates as you are my dick. I'm going to have to mark this one as explicit. I don't care anymore. I don't care. If I lose another million, so what, of, you know, listeners, I'll gain another million. You know, it's all the same to me. I'm just doing this for the money. I don't care about anything else. So that seems like a weird curse um, you are my dick and I told it to Samuel McFadden my student he was like uh, no I never heard of these and uh, so maybe it was peculiar to the region um, <laughs> uh, I need to talk about okay let's stick with swear words but I want to talk about a man called Tony Singh I got a lift from many years ago. I was with my friend Colm hitching to Sligo, from Galway to Sligo. And uh, he was some character. So, <laughs> I'll get back to that, but where was I with curses? So I was saying, to say my God, so mia. Then in Russian, like for F off, I'm not going to say the actual, yeah, in, in English. I mightn't be so worried about explicit, but I still, I don't like too many F-bombs. Not my style, you dig? So, where was I? Um, so yeah, F off, it would be Dinahli. <laughs> I love the way I say I don't mind saying it in English, and then I'm straight out in Russian. Dinahli, Shalti Nahli. It's two ways of saying it. But it translates as, go to the prick. Chui is prick in Russian. Oh man, I'm going all out today. Today is the explicit episode. And then I want to come back to my story about Tony Singh. The, um, I think he was a Sikh from India because I think he had a turban. I mean, I should remember a small detail like that. Anyway, let me just have some water. And he operated at Lowe's shop. Oh, somewhere in Ireland, we'll say. 
Okay, I'll tell you about him now. So, Colm and I, I'll leave the surname out, were hitching from Galway to Sligo, as one does, many moons ago when we were both young in the... What do you call it of our youth? What's that word? In the flower of our youth? No, that sounds wrong. Whatever, in the something something of our youth. In the first blossoms of our youth. No, that's all sounding way too feminine. Anyway, we, we were young. Young and foolish, perhaps. Hitching to Sligo. Car pulls up. A Merc, I think. This guy, Tony Singh and his brother. And he's wearing the big turban, I think. So he must have been a Sikh, right? And his brother wasn't wearing a turban. And Tony Singh, he was driving the car with bare feet as well. And uh, so we get in anyway. Pretty early on, he starts saying, hey, which one of you fuckers will buy me a fucking pipe to Guinness? He had this accent that was half Indian, half Irish. Which one of you fuckers will buy me a fucking pint to Guinness? Or even glass of Guinness? Or even shot of Guinness? And uh, we were kind of, oh my God, who is this guy? And he was talking nuts. He was saying some crazy stuff. And uh, at one stage, though, he taught us a phrase. In Yeah, he spoke Punjabi. And wasn't it Punjabi, I think? So if I Google that, oh, oh, would that help me? Someone's speaking here. Would that help me figure out, I guess, where he's from or whether he's Sikh or not? Anyway. I think the turban is the main clue here. So he says, this is a Punjabi phrase. And he goes, Hiya, but the teacher da. And every time he said it, his brother, who he said was his brother, kept bursting out laughing. And he goes, Hiya, but the teacher da. And he got us saying it then, and then we'd say it, Colm and I. Hiya, but the teacher da. And we'd say it, and the brother was in stitches. When Camino, we've just overtaken someone. So, I kind of, we said, what does it mean? Like, is that rude or something? And, no, no, it just means you're sound, fella. You're sound as a pound. Sound, fella. In Ireland, sound, fella, just means you're, you're okay, you know. But the accent, I just remember, is half Indian, half Irish. But... I don't know, years later, I met someone who spoke Punjabi and I was saying it to her and she was, no, it's just gibberish. I don't think it but it was any language. I mean, one of my many millions of listeners might get back and let me know. Hey, but the chitata. Every so often over the years, I think I sent Colm a voicemail saying that once and I think he did it to me. After this, I'll send him a voice memo. <laughs> oh man, I still remember it like a syllable for a syllable. So we stop anyway. So then we're outside Sligo Town, and he gives a guy a lift, an old man lifts, and he goes, I'll bring you into town, pops. I'll bring you into town, pops. And then he gives the guy a lift, and the guy was kind of, uh, well, Camino, we just overtook him. Quite elderly and shy, you know. And uh, he, um, then shortly afterwards, a few miles later, Tony pulls up outside a pub and he says, Come on, well, which one of you fuckers will buy me a pint of Guinness? Shot of Guinness, you And we go into the pub. Now, I don't condone drink driving. Was he already drinking when we met him? I don't think so. But we have a pint in there and a game of pool. And then he left the old man in the car, like, and then the old man set off the car alarm. It's one of those things, you know, when you're young, we overtook someone again, I think, did we? When Camino, when you're young and just carefree, and you know, and you don't drive and you can't afford buses and you just hitch places. And you just go with the flow and crazy things happen and you go, oh, that was funny. I suppose I look back and they go, yeah, I don't know driving, it wasn't nice what he did to the older guy. Anyway, the older man set off the alarm. I think he let him out or else he came out and said, I bring you into town, pops, and brought him into town. Either way, I was saying to Tony, it was like, 
four times my body mass probably. We were talking somehow, we were playing pool and then talking about martial arts. So I had done judo before. <clears throat> yes, ladies. Another string to my bow. And I knew this hip throw move. It's called Ogashi. It doesn't sound that threatening, does it? It sounds like a, sounds like a polite English chap. Oh, goshy, oh, gosh. Uh, what's that phrase from Notting Hill? Whoopsie-daisy. Oh, goshy, followed by the whoopsie-daisy. Anyway, <laughs> I tried to do the hip throw on him, and next thing I remember, I just came to on the floor. I'm not, I don't think it's, I conked out as such, but I just don't remember. It happened so quick, and I'm on the floor. And I think I went, I don't think I just fell. I'm pretty sure I went over, you know, his body and down to the floor. I, anyway, so I attempted to demonstrate my yoga moves, and all I know is whatever jujitsu ju, or voodoo he pulled on me, James Finland, nil. Tony Singh won. Congratulations. Reminds me of fencing. I tried fencing once, which was researched for a book. When Camino, get a bell, ding, ding. Bloody cyclist, get a bell, get a bell. Arr. So, where was I? Uh, cyclists always put me off my stride. I know I should be more understanding, but I'm not. Um, Everybody now, come on. Sound levels went a bit high there. Hopefully they won't distort. Right? What, what? So, um... Tony Singh. Anyway, he brought us in. He brought us into town pops. And that was the end of that story. Never saw him again. Now, where else were we? We were to say Mekatsomia. Idinahui, which is Russian for F off, which literally translates as go to prick. Sounds weird to our ears. It's, it comes from, there's another Russian, a milder swear phrase, Idikchortu. Uh, I think that's how it's pronounced, Idikchortu, which means go to the devil, which. I think we have something like that too, don't we? Go to the devil. But so then the modern one is go to the prick, the, the rude version. So hui is prick, okay? So then you say, dinahui, go to the prick. F off. Okay, fuck off, that's what it means. That feels weird for me cursing on this in English. In another language, doesn't sound as bad to my ears. But cursing is like in Russia really frowned upon in certain circles, like more so than here. More so, we, I know like if I went to South Kensington and started swearing like a sailor, probably wouldn't go down well, but I think there's parts of Russia you swear you could get beaten up. Like, that's so I hear. I didn't test it. I do remember once though, when I was in Russia, I'd been given this, we got, had this with these Russian guys, we drank this 96% volume alcohol. 96%? Yeah, volume. I mean, can you imagine? That's what it said on the label. Like, that's, that was the main advertisement for it. We mixed it with water. I think it would kill you otherwise. All I remember was being drunk, going on the metro, smoking on the metro. That's serious over there. You can get... If the, co if the Metro cops caught you, they'd bash you in the head. They'd probably break your nose with the truncheon. I've seen it happen, and throw you in a cell. And, uh, I mean, whew, that's how drunk I was. But that 96% volume stuff, I just seem to remember. You'd get drunk and then sober up quickly, I think. But we ended up in a nightclub. And it was kind of a fancy sort of nightclub. I don't know where we got in because we were foreigners with dollars, but it was sort of elitist. But there were kind of gangster types there and everything, and armed security guards. Like a far cry from the Warwick Hotel in Galway, where I used to hang out on the weekends, um, courting the ladies. 
<laughs> Courting the ladies. Yeah, right. I was far too shy. Oh. I was far too shy. I was just courting them in my imagination. Courting. We don't use that word anyway. So I'm in the nightclub in yeah, Moscow. And it was, yeah, like, ooh, definitely some mafia types in there. As I said, armed security. It wasn't one of those ones where they would have women in cages. Because there were, I, I wasn't in one of those, but I heard about them. I don't know, you could pay to get in the cage with them or something, or were they fighting in them? Or, I don't know. Strange, strange. And yeah, not nice, obviously. But this nightclub, I remember I was just parched. And I don't think I drank much more there. I was just parched, though. And a couple, more, two or three times, I went up to the bar, and they had cartons of orange juice behind the bar that they would have been mixing with vodka or whatever. And I'd walk up and I'd just, when no one was looking, grab a, a carton of orange juice and just walk away and knock it all back. I did that at least twice. I, I, I mean, if I got caught, I mean, I would have been turfed out, but I'm pretty sure I would have had a crap beaten out of me too. Like seriously, it was different rules apply over there, or did then anyway. And I remember I was crouching down talking to someone at a table and I was probably being loud, but I was also bumping into this guy, a gangster type, and he spoke kind of like Joe Pesci and Goodfellas from my memory, but I was like, hey, you know, do you mind, get out of my space or whatever. But I just, even though I was quite drunk, to say the least, from drinking this 96% volume alcohol, I knew just a survival instinct. Do not mess with this guy. Do not mess with this guy. Seriously. Um, as I said, there were shootouts when we were there. Uh, I knew a guy there who was murdered, not, uh, not when I was there, but after. Mafia. Um, the head of our college, her son was murdered by Mafia. Now, there's more than one Mafia. Buen Camino, we're passing two cyclists. We've stopped three cyclists. Um, yeah, there's a Georgian Mafia. We used to go to a Georgian restaurant near Park Kulturi metro station, which I think was in the south of Moscow. We were in the north. I'm just going by the metro map, so I'm not sure how accurate that is. And uh, sometimes would end up eating with these kind of gangster types. They were really nice to us. They liked the Irish. At the time, I just go, it's an adventure. I look back and I go, it's, well, what are you going to do? You're going to pick a fight with them? You'll end up dead. And, you know, they were pleasant to us, but you just know, like, people like that, they're not up to any good, you know? I think, from my understanding, it's hard to have money in Moscow without either being corrupt or certainly paying, you know, protection money. It's, I think, I don't, I, well, that's my understanding, shall we say. So I got about 20 minutes to go here. Let's go down to 4.5. Drink some water. I'm glad I did this today. I've ordered some food later from the bar up the road. They just do takeout because we're still in COVID restriction time. They do really nice fish and chips there. And they do this old style chipper curry sauce, which I get on the side. I like that. Had fish pie the last two or three days. I made a lovely Delia Smith fish pie. I recommend her recipes. Delia Smith from the 80s. You won't go wrong with her, though. So, uh, yeah. Where else? Okay, so we're at a fork in the road here. BK is deciding. He's going to the right. No. He's then he's looking to the left. He's shaking his phone to get a signal. I thought I saw people to the right. If I had to guess, the left is a safer bet. Because if you go to the right, it brings the sun more 
back around to the left and the sun at this stage should be coming around more in front of you. That's my take on it, for what it's worth. So, uh, so Tony Singh, hiya pachititata, which means nothing, I think, or else it means something really rude in Punjabi. And there's dinahli, which means go to the prick in Russian, which is their equivalent of F off. Cyclists again, one camino get about. Camino and uh, what else was there? So, hui has different uses then. You can say something is huinya, which means it's really bad. God, I hope there's no Russians listening. I met a nice Russian woman on Tinder, not really in touch now, like she's actually in Russia, but I did tell her about my podcast. Yeah, I hope she doesn't listen to this one. Anyway, I've started so I've finished. As Magnus Magnuson used to say, there's a little reference for people of a certain age from a certain part of the world. I've started, so I'll finish. This, this guy kind of nearly overtook BK. But now we're neck and neck. No, he's overtaken. He's got, what's he got? Is he carrying a pole, a stick over his, behind his neck? Is he like, oh, he's carrying... A stick that I can't see what seems to be behind his neck and both his arms are spread out. Maybe it's some crucifixion type vibe. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe it's good for his back. I'd say it could be. I'll stretch it out a bit. We never know. So, sun, I can tell by the shadows the sun is to our left. Straight, like pretty much at nine o'clock which is kind of <clears throat> where I'd expect it to be. <clears throat> Whereas if he'd gone right there, yeah, it would have been more like seven o'clock or something. That wouldn't be good, I think. So that's my avoidant. Chui um, can mean chuinya, which is bad, derived from the word chui, which means prick. So there's idinachui, go to the prick, F off. Then there's achuitzula, which means good. Right? So from the same word, they're all rude, by the way. Oh, yeah. Thanks for asking. Yes, good, great, great question. They're all rude. Do you ever hear when people say, great question? It's rarely a great... It's, it's always a really innocuous question. And someone goes, great question. You go, no, it wasn't. You know, what is the meaning of life? There's a great question, I guess. Or something about quantum physics or a kind of question that Schrodinger would ask, or who is the guy with the cat? Cats? Schrodinger, isn't it? You know, great question. Let's put a cat in a box and see if he's alive or dead. That's a great question. There's some ad on CNN for leaf, leaf filters that you put on your gutters. And he asks, they ask, oh, who, uh, who here puts up their own gutters? And people raise their hand and then there's a daughter there with her father. Oh, Dad, I told you not to. It's dangerous. And then someone asks, do you need to take down your old gutters to put up the new ones? And the guy goes, great question. That's, that's what qualifies as a great question these days, at least on a CNN ad. I'm like Schrodinger and the lads from back then, or Dostoevsky with his questions about life and suffering and... God, morality. That's a great question. I, I can't remember the exact questions, but, you know, the great moral questions of our time. But, sorry, the questions that are asked on CNN ads are not great questions. You hear it in interviews too, right? Interviewees just trying to lick up, I guess, to the interviewer. Oh, great question. What's your name? Great question. Give me a break. Anyway, I got about 15 minutes to go. You'd be glad to know, getting near the end. I'm gonna put up my incline, why not, to two. Drink some more water. Don't go anywhere. Other Russian swear words, you ask? Nah, I feel I've said enough. I did in one of my earlier podcasts talk about this. 
character called Lyocha Lyocha, which means kind of bad Lyocha. Lyocha, I think, is a version of Lyosha, Russian name. And I had a scene, an opening scene from a Russian film with a drone shot going over the river Volga, flying all over Moscow into these apartment blocks and through a window and stops and this guy with a grizzled face, a stubbly grizzled face, he puts out a cigarette and goes, which translates as, my name is Lyocha, bad Lyocha. Sounds better in Russian, right? Take three. There, I've given you three great takes. Pick the best. Ah, the first one you say, I, I'm inclined to agree. So, uh, how's this incline working for me? 2.0, it's okay. My gas, let's put my fan up to high. Um, I'm running out of things to say. I don't want to swear anymore. That year in Russia, though, wow. Studying directing and some bit of Stanislavski acting thrown in. Bit of editing, bit of camera, and a lot of <laughs> bad boy behavior. A lot of smoking, shall we say. And no, I don't mean just cigarettes. Though the cigarettes were cheap there. I mean, for us, with foreign currency. I mean, yeah, it was such an imbalance. I don't want to be blasé about that. Like, American cigarettes were cheap for us compared to here. I used to smoke Lucky Strike a lot there. thought they were cool. Both the filterless and the filtered version. I used to have this tuxedo jacket I used to wear, like an old, my dad's old tuxedo jacket, but I wore it, you know, with jeans or whatever. What a dude I was, eh? <laughs> and, uh, not pretentious, how dare you say that. Um, and I'd have, you know, the inner breast pocket. I could have, like, Lucky Strike in one pocket, Marlboro in another. But yeah, which made me a kind of brat. Not that I was rich, but just by Russian standards, well, Seems to me we, the foreigners, were like the Russian, were like the middle class there, you know, at the time. There's a, there's a much greater middle class there now than before. I'm given to understand. I dream I'm back there sometimes and I always feel nostalgic afterwards. I should really um, go back sometime. Oh man, what I really want to do is the Trans-Siberian Express. Of course, originally it would start in Kiev, but wouldn't it? Uh, does it go further away than that? It definitely can get it from Kiev, but with the war and everything, I don't know. And then you go all these places, but you, I know Siberia and that, uh, Katerinburg, where the, near where the Tsar and his family spent their last weeks. I have this young adult book I'll probably return to that's would involve the Orient, the, not the Orient, Trans-Siberian Express and Ekaterinburg and a mysterious city called Solaris in northern Siberia where some atomic test went wrong. The name inspired, of course, by this novel by Stanislav Lem, Polish writer. Famous film of it made by anyone? Correct, Tarkovsky. And then, of course, no, you're all thinking of the one with George Clooney, made by Steven Soderbergh, I believe. There is also a Russian TV version of it you can get on YouTube. The novel was my favorite, though. Got it as an audiobook. Some of you will be dismayed to hear. Yes, I listened to the words instead of reading them. How bold was that? Well, I mean, I can't read, so, you know, what do you expect? But... Uh, I'm going to put my incline back to zero and get bored with this whole incline malarkey. Um, getting close to the end, that's good. Ten minutes to go, about. And uh, nothing to say for myself. Let's see where I am in my, um, my uh, health points. My heart points. 
I should be well over my limit now. I've got the audio book there on my phone. My Struggle, book two, A Man in Love, Karlov Knauskor. Highly recommend. Um, what am I looking for? Google Fit, don't go anywhere. So, 46 heart points today. 179 out of my 150. Heart points are anything over, I think, three miles an hour. So, which is around 4.6 kilometers. I'm going down to 4. I'll go to 4.4. Basically, slowing down now, coming near the end. If any of you are listening to this to fall asleep, I'll keep things calm now. I'll stop swearing in multiple languages. Though there is a Cantonese one that comes to mind. Dubalano Norton. And then I'm not going to translate those. They are filthy. And I'm probably pronouncing them wrong, so any listeners who speak Cantonese probably wouldn't would say he's just... That's up there with... Tony Singh. What a guy. So, uh, yeah, coming up to eight minutes to go. And uh, it's just on a long, flat road here. Will I meet Giulia from Roma along the way? Stay tuned. Find out. Uh, what else? Yeah, this whole COVID thing is uh, getting to people. It's not, you know, lockdown and people not not going out to pubs and stuff. It hasn't made a huge difference to me because I kind of was isolated before that, which isn't necessarily great. But at least I'm able to be on my own. I think when COVID is over, all the unpopular people with no friends will be left standing and they'll come to us and ask us to run the country. And I'd be like, oh, now you want me. I'll think about it. So, somebody made a comment there to BK. I didn't quite catch it. BK laughed. Must have been humorous. There's agricultural machinery on our right in the vineyards. There's more people kind of walking around. Or, are they? It's a pilgrim. Pilgrims talking to the vine farmers. If that's the right term, vine farmer. And we're off. We're in pole position. And it feels good, my friend. Have some more water here. Looking forward to my fish and chips. Will I have them with beer or will I be good? Well, maybe a can. I might get some. I need to write though as well. I really do. A deadline tomorrow. I've, I've hit 5,000 words, but now I need some more and they cut them back. I want to. I want to make a good submission tomorrow. I'm enjoying where the novel's at at the moment. It's flowing a bit better and I'm kind of beginning to figure out what it's really about. As I've said a few times here, the romantic plot seems to be a B plot now. I may, I had him proposing at the start and then this kind of hiatus and then it was meant to end with the second proposal to the same woman, Helen. But she's not... At the, I, I was meant to have him living with her after the first attempted proposal, and then that wasn't working out. I, I don't know, she's just not materialising for me, but I may have her... It's this ex-Amy from Ireland seems to be becoming a bigger thing. And it's also just about a guy working who has the dream of getting into the film business and then works and it ends up editing daytime TV shows and goes, what am I doing with my life? Not autobiographical because in some ways, yeah, but just not in terms of my current job. And I'm not just saying this on advice from my solicitor, but uh, my current job is not, is not a job from hell at all. Um, I had some other jobs that were more, quote, exciting, unquote, but some of the oh, dickheads you have to deal with. And there's nice people in the film business too and TV, but you do deal with just egos, you know? 
directors with their fragile egos. And as I say, if you ever watch editors at making their acceptance speeches at the BAFTAs or Golden Globes or wherever, do editors get Golden Globes? I don't know, but I saw someone at the BAFTAs. No one gave a damn until she mentioned the producers or the directors' names, you know, and then it's, oh, everyone's clapping. Oh, man. Of course, basically, the character in the book is a bit like me. He wants to be something more than this, you know? I haven't even really edited daytime TV, except for a little bit. But doing a lot of that, ooh, it's hard. Another thing that's allegedly hard, like the way I put that in, working with talentless directors, I'm, I'm led to believe is difficult. Like, the more talented, the easier they are to work with, or so I hear. See what I'm doing here? Hey, I think we're coming into Nakara now, because it's just uh, this place, this kind of industrial stuff on the outskirts. I just remember it as not being that pleasant. And, uh, no, there's a smell though. No, that's actually, that I think that's wine, agricultural machinery for the vines actually there. I just remember a smell of like rotting meat or fish or something. Well, it wouldn't be fish, rotting meat, I guess, in Nakura, but... And I don't have a good sense of smell, but maybe it was just that particular time. I don't want to say anything too bad. I've already told you the amusing story about the guy we stayed with in Nakura, the, who ran the, the hostel. He was, I think he just hated pilgrims. He was shouting at us. No, one key per person, one key. No. Just shouting at everybody. <laughs> and I just, all I could do was laugh. So anyway. Bum, bum. You know, sometimes you're tired and you know you shouldn't laugh, but it's all you can do. It's one of those situations. So we've got some heap of kind of something on the right, cement, or I don't know. I'm not good at describing these things. And we're coming to a main road and a heap of stuff to the left. Yeah, it's like stuff you'd see in Docklands. Like, I don't know what it is. Sand, cement, that kind of thing. Concrete. I don't even know the difference between cement or concrete. Or if there is one. Now we're veering to the left. Yeah, which is right, of course. The left is right. If you catch my drift. So looking forward to wrapping this up. Having a shower and then going for my fish and chips, my friend. Yeah, and then writing. And then if I do, if I'm a good boy, get enough words done, I might watch the Tommy Tiernan show tonight, which will give me something to talk about tomorrow. On the show, he never knows who his guests are going to be until they show up. That's interesting. He's really good at it. Great listener. He's just great at being present for people. Some of the best guests are the ones, most of the best ones are the ones that are totally unknown. The odd time you get a celebrity type, but... Well, they always have one or two of those, but I, I like the head of brain surgeon last week, who also was shortlisted to go on some space mission with Euro European space mission or something. Okay. And we have a minute left, and then I'm out of here. I hope you enjoyed listening to me today. We are somewhere on the outskirts of Nahara, and I am on my treadmill in Moy Cullen, on the outskirts of Galway City in County Galway in Ireland. So there you go. And over here, it is Sunday evening. Uh, Saturday evening. Just a week after Easter. And uh, 10th of April, 2021. And we are still living through the COVID pandemic. And let's hope by this time, by the end of the year, things will be better all over the world in that regard and other regards okay so we are coming up to five four three two one happy new year okay buen camino uh god bless good luck talk to you tomorrow <laughs>